It's the 120 Podcast, and it might be the offseason, but I'm Mikey Fernelli alongside Ben Hootie, and we are here for an interview episode with Michael Carrico of the Chicago Cubs. Recently was drafted by them in the July amateur draft, and Ben and I had the opportunity to talk to him just a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a week ago by this point, by the time we're recording now, but we'll be releasing that on this Wednesday, and that'll become kind of the habit for the offseason. Wednesday interviews will be kind of the norm, in addition to Ben's show on Mondays and Fridays, if you want to get into that, Ben. Yeah, uh, obviously we talked about it in our season-ending episode. Crosstown Trivia Classic, it's officially a thing. Haven't been able to speak on it on the podcast yet. Obviously, we've been talking about it over social media. The first episode is out. It came out on Monday. That one is between a couple of Sox fans, the only team in the tournament, David McBrady and Ethan Kortz against Dom Amedio. It's a great, it's a great match. I've heard it nothing is. but great. I've heard nothing but great feedback so far. Those episodes are exclusively to YouTube. They will release every Monday and Friday. The tournament, the bracket is on all of our social medias right now. So make sure to go check that out if you want to have a better idea of how things are going to go. But Monday through Friday, Crosstown Trivia Classic. Um, I think it's going great right now. And I'm excited to record more. And yeah, Friday will be Friday as of now is Mikey and Liam. Uh, Mikey is a participant in the tournament. So that will surely be a lot of fun. But yeah, let's get into this Carrico interview. Michael Carrico of the Chicago Cubs, our first in the series of Wednesday interviews here on 120. Enjoy. And we're back for the 120 podcast here with Michael Carrico, fifth round pick out of Davidson this year for the Cubs. 2022 Atlantic 10 player of the year, gold glover in the college space. Ton of accomplishments. We'll get into that later. But Michael, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. It's good to be here. So it's pretty funny when I was looking at your your resume and stuff today. You're younger than me, actually, but you're older than Ben. So we're all the same age. We're all here. I mean, we're all 2002, 2003. It's weird to me knowing that someone who's right with my age is here as a professional ball player. But has that really hit you yet that, like, I've kind of made it at least? Like, I know you played in Myrtle Beach a little bit towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think it's definitely hit. Um, it definitely took a couple of days after the draft before it hit. But I think once I uh, flew to Arizona for the at the spring training complex, I think that's kind of really where it uh, started to hit me a little bit. So it was definitely really cool. Yeah, now I just want to give a rundown for our fans. If you could give us a rundown kind of where your baseball career started to where you are now with the Cubs. Yeah, so um, I guess my dad, when I was super young, um, had a big influence on me. He was a big baseball fan. Um, and so I think from I was like three years old when I started playing t-ball. Um, and obviously I played my whole childhood. Um, and then I went to Davidson College. Um, and I think just – from there, honestly, I kind of was a little bit of a late bloomer. So, uh, but uh, I think it was just really cool. Um, the opportunities that I got Davidson um, and I was just lucky enough to be in the position that I am right now. You did well at Davidson all time, single season home run record a couple years ago. What is it about Davidson that you really enjoyed in your experience? Why'd you pick it in the first place and, and what kept you there throughout college before getting drafted? Yeah, um, I think one of the main things was uh, I obviously out of high school I was I was pretty small um, and I got under recruited a lot. Um, only had two offers out of high school and Davidson was one of them. Um, and also Davidson was one of the only schools that thought I could actually catch. So um, just between that and the interest that the, the coaching staff showed me and the education that's at Davidson, um, I think it was a really easy choice for me to um, decide to go to Davidson. And then um, I think just you know with that and staying at Davidson. Um, and I feel like I was super loyal to them for them being loyal to me throughout the whole recruiting process. And I think just throughout the the first two years that I had there that I wanted to 
go back for a third year for my junior year before I got drafted. So I think just the combination of all of those things was the reason why I stayed. Sticking to Davidson now, in, in from 2021 to 2022, you made a huge jump, like just obviously dominated, set the single home run uh, record for Davidson that season and became one of the best catchers in college baseball. What kind of helped you make that jump to be one of the best hitters in college baseball? Yeah, so um, I think so after my freshman year, um, I had left, uh, I had a left labrum surgery on my shoulder. Um, and so I was kind of out for that fall baseball wise. So really the, the only thing I was focusing on was getting stronger, getting bigger. Um, like I said, I was pretty small coming out of high school. So, um, I probably gained about 20, 25 pounds that fall. Um, and I think just the difference between the strength that I had for the balls that, you know, were flyouts, they, they were going over the fence that next year. So I think that was definitely one of the main pieces that helped me out. Were you always a catcher? Did you ever try elsewhere in high school or in college? I know so many guys uh, were from Illinois State and Paul DeYoung caught in, in college and then ended up being an all-star middle infielder. So was there ever any, any part of you that wanted to change positions in college? Yeah, uh, my freshman fall, they tried me on the outfield a little bit. Um, but the outfield was was pretty stacked my freshman fall. Um, we had Parker Nolan, Ruben Fontes, and Trevor Candelari out there. And, um, you know, Ruben, he, he – I believe he had like 14 home runs his sophomore year too. Um, and then Parker and Trevor were first team all A-10 um, my sophomore year. So uh, there, it was a little bit more stacked in the outfield than it was catching. So uh, they decided to just keep me at catcher. I think we could get to the Cubs side of things now a little yeah. bit here. And uh, obviously I bet it's an honor to get drafted by any major league club, but we're a little biased around here. Obviously the Cubs <laughs> are one of, the greatest organizations on the planet earth, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever it might be, is a little sweeter knowing the feeling of getting drafted by like such a great organization as Chicago is. Oh, absolutely. I think just the history behind Chicago, um, I think it's just so, so amazing. Um, and the fan base that Chicago has, um, I've only been to two Chicago games, um, but the two games I went to, they were, they were pretty cool. Um, just seeing the fans, um, how rowdy they can get at times is, is pretty it's pretty electric. So um, I think it's it just an amazing feeling to get drafted by such a historic organization. Was this after you got drafted or had you gone to a Cubs game previously before getting becoming a Cub? Uh, I went, so I went last summer um, for the first time when I was driving up to the Northwoods League for the summer. Um, me and my dad stopped by last summer for the first time. And then um, this, this past fall, actually, I went to another game. So right after I got drafted. Did you interview with the Cubs previously to getting drafted? Did you talk to scouts and, and things like that? I mean, whatever you can tell us, was there an awareness in your head? Hey, these guys might take a flyer on me. Yeah, uh, I think I, I talked to quite a few teams. Um, Cubs is definitely one of them. Um, and so I think just talking with my agent before the draft, um, it was kind of like in the background a little bit. Um, and then also my head coach also knows um, the GM for the Cubs too. So um, he was kind of talking to me a little bit about that. And I think that was when I kind of started to realize it was a possibility to go to Chicago. What was it like representing your country for, for a team USA? I saw that and I wanted you to go into detail on that. Cause you seem like you were, you were pretty proud of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, it, it was such a cool experience um, to go out to North Carolina for that. And since me being from North Carolina, I felt like it was almost a home game for me too. Um, on top of just being for USA. So um, I think especially the, the 4th of July game really stood out to me too, when we played um in charlotte and just there was i think there was like thirteen thousand fans there on the fourth of july with fourth of july fireworks afterwards so 
that that's definitely one memory I'll I'll cherish for the rest of my life. When we were doing some prep for this, I noticed that you got to meet Buster Posey when you were finalist for Collegiate Catcher of the Year. What was that? What was just like the experience being able to meet him as well as did he did he give you any advice that you've been able to take away and use for your game personally? Yeah, uh, it was it was obviously you know super amazing to meet you know one of the best catchers of all time in Buster Posey, um, and he's just such a humble guy and really took his time to talk to all three of us. Um, and so me, Kevin, and Zach, we were there. So um, I think just, you know, that experience um, and trying to just pick his brain as much as I possibly could in those two days I was around him. Um, and he pretty much just told me, you know, um, obviously I've been, I was successful that year. And so just to, you know, not try to do too much at, at times and, you know, just it's, it's going to be a long career ahead of me. So I think just taking it day by day and focusing on little things, you know, then the, the big things will come after that. How have you been able to kind of focus on the day by day? Like it's probably, as you mentioned, exciting to to have made it to this at least point in your career where, yeah, there's still a lot to go, but you have made it to that professional baseball level. How do you still take it day by day and think it's just ball? It's a chance to go out there and play every day. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, it's, it's just baseball. It's the same thing I've been doing my whole life. Um, and so I think you really try to focus on that um, and really just being mindful and, you know, having intent whenever I'm, you know, training or practicing, whatever it is. Um, I think that's, that's the best way for me in the past and the best way I've, I've continued to be able to just take it day by day. Kind of leaning off that, what, what are some things that help keep you motivated? Because obviously baseball is a tough game. It's a grind, but what, what are some of the things that help keep you motivated when you might not be having the best couple games at the dish or behind the dish, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I think I think there's a there's quite a few things. Obviously, um, you know, I think just being able to uh, take a breath and realize that you know I'm in a amazing situation. God's blessed me with you know being able to play in front of these fans, being able to be a professional baseball player, doing what I love for my career. Um, and I think just being able to, you know, when I'm when I'm over three with three tri- strikeouts or whatever it is, um, just being able to take a breath. Um, and realize that, you know, this is still baseball. It's still fun, even when you're not playing well. So um, it beats a lot of other jobs, too. So uh, even when you're not doing good. So I think just, you know, being able to um, step back and say, I'm, I'm just blessed to be where I am. Um, and to know that the days of, you know, going, hitting a couple home runs in games, they, they'll, they'll come even when the days are struggling or here. All right, you're a Cub now, but let's take it way back. Who was your team growing up, and what was your favorite memory from being a fan of that team? Yeah, so I was an Orioles fan growing up. So my first name is actually Michael Brooks, and the Brooks part of it came from Brooks Robinson. So, uh, yeah, my my mom and dad had a little fight over my name when I was born. My mom wanted Michael, my dad wanted Brooks. They just decided to combine them together. So um, that that's definitely where uh, where my name and why I'm an Orioles fan came from. That's awesome. That's a that's a fun little Easter egg that we wouldn't have probably known if had you not told us. Did you kind of feel a a, a calling to be a professional ball player growing up with with Brooks Robinson in your name? Absolutely, yeah. Especially with my dad too, just him pushing that on me from a young age. Um, you know, it was kind of one of the things where you know when I was younger, all I did was play baseball, really. So um, I kind of knew from a young age that that was what I was going to do for sure. Do you have any 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 favorite players on the O's or just across Major League Baseball that you kind of looked up to growing up, uh, whether it's retired or still currently playing? 
Yeah, I think um, I, I wouldn't say there was a ton of players specifically. Um, I think, you know, honestly, Michael Jordan was like my favorite athlete growing up, just his mentality. Um, you know, especially my dad I was a Michael Jordan fan, too. So my dad had a pretty big influence on me growing up. Um, he was definitely one person I always looked up to. Um, and so I really just wanted to, you know, make my family proud and make me proud. Well, from your name to North Carolina to Chicago, I think you're on the you're on the Michael Jordan track. Yeah, for, for your for your career. So, uh, yeah, that mentality is awesome, and you're you're gonna win over a lot of Chicago people talking about liking Michael Jordan. That's a pretty common thing around here, especially you know decades later. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep it and talk a little bit more about you. Um, so getting into your your high school and college career, was it always baseball? Did you ever play anything else, or was there always just baseball was the dream? Yeah, I think my friends and I growing up uh, a little bit in middle school played basketball. Then I soon realized that I'm not a basketball player. So <laughs> stopped playing basketball in high school and started focusing on baseball a lot more. So at know, Stevenson, go ahead, Ben. I know a lot of uh, a lot of baseball players tend to be superstitious as I was in my high school playing days. I always had to have the same routine, waking up, making sure everything was okay. For you, do you have any superstitions that maybe you carried over in high school and still to this day use? Yeah, uh, I, I would say it's a lot more of routines rather than superstitions. But, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of it is just, you know, being able to prepare yourself. Um, and that kind of starts the night before of just getting good sleep, um, making sure that I go to the field early, um, making sure I get in my hitting routine, my if I'm catching, my catching routine, um, making sure I stretch well, trying not to get injured or anything like that. So, uh, it's a lot less superstition rather than routines and just trying to make sure my body feels good for the game. What's the fall look like for you? Are you back with family? Are you trying to finish school? What's the what's it looking like kind of when you have a break here? Uh, I'm in Arizona right now. So I'm at the spring training facility. We've got a development camp there. So right now it's just lifting, no baseball stuff. Um, and then I think I think in November is when we can, uh, we're starting to hit a little bit again and throw a little bit again. So, But for right now, it's it's just lifting and trying to get stronger for sure. What's the thoughts on Mesa so far? Hot. That's definitely the first thought. I've, I've never been to Arizona before. And, uh, you know, I think it was it was like 92 degrees last night at like 8 o'clock. So uh, even in October, it, it's it's just hot out here. But, um, and, you know, kind of like I said, just the routine of making sure I'm hydrated too is, is another thing that um, it's really helped me focus on, uh, making sure that my body's right for, for the development camp right now. I'll tell you what, though, if if you're going to end up spending some time in Chicago down the line here, you're going to have to get used to these cold Chicago winters, even though you'll probably end up back in Arizona or something. But I know uh, the, the winters here are not nice at all. Yeah, no, I can only imagine, especially the Windy City. Yeah. Yeah, the Windy City, is it, it, they, it holds to a higher standard when it comes to the to the cold. But on the flip side, there are some beautiful days in the summer. I'm sure you've heard in, in oh, Wrigley yeah. Field and just all throughout the city it's they say it's unbeaten in the daytime at Wrigley I, I can't compare really I'm I'm biased but uh you, we hope that you'll get that chance someday to, to kind of be out there and experience that because it's awesome oh absolutely for sure Wrigley's a beautiful field too would you remember uh, this is this is kind of a pandering question I didn't want to ask but do you remember watching the Cubs you go, go win it all you know six seven years ago oh absolutely yeah okay. I mean I used to watch all the World Series growing up and playoffs in general so uh, when they played the Guardians, too, the, the big hit of Ben Zobris, um, you know, the, the double down the line. So I think that's, yeah, I, they they preach that mentality here, too, just uh, trying not to do too much in that situation. That's I awesome. That. I love to hear that. 
Yeah. You could recall the, the hit too. That's awesome. And I feel like, I, I feel like it's not too far out of a question to ask. Cause like a, a guy who obviously loves baseball, I feel like there was a stat that a third of all households in America had that game on. So I, I figured you had, you had seen it, but that's what, what Jed Hoyer likes to call the next great Cubs team is, is down the pipeline. And it's great to see someone so excited about being on the Cubs, potentially part of that. So we thank you for being here, Michael. Do you have anyone you want to shout out before we wrap this up? Uh, I guess shout out my family and God, um, you know, just being blessed uh, for, for them to just put me in the situation um, that I'm in. Um, I can't thank them enough for how much they do for me. Give us one last statement for Cubs fans. What kind of player are we getting out of you, Michael? Uh, I think you're going to get a player who, um, you know, I, I get on base a lot too. I like to think that I'm more of a, not, not necessarily power or contact, but a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think just, almost being like a spark plug offensively. Um, you know, the defense is going to come for sure. I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm working on that a lot. So um, I think just a hardworking player that um, is, is ready to get after it these next few years and hopefully be called up to, to Chicago here soon. Michael Carrico, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. You being here on 120 and best of luck next season here in the fall. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Of course. Again, big thanks to Michael Carrico for doing that with us. Our first offseason interview. We're going to keep it right here. If you're new to the 120 podcast because of that interview, if you're enticed to come listen to Mike, we hope you stick around and listen to myself and Ben because we do 120 podcasts throughout all of last season. We'll do it next season throughout the offseason. We're going to keep it here and talk a little bit about what I call Red October right now, but there are three other teams still left, and including Ben's Texas Rangers, and the MLB postseason is, uh, is anything but over. Yeah, it's been a very weird postseason, I feel like. A lot of people upset with the format. Uh, a couple of a lot of sweeps, actually. The entire wild card round was was sweeps. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously the Rangers swept the Orioles, which I think kind of shocked all of America. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks swept the, the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is probably the biggest surprise of them all. So, yeah, four teams left standing currently as it stands, as we're recording. Obviously, you guys will be listening tomorrow. We'll know what the outcome is of the Phillies Diamondbacks game on Tuesday night. But as we go into it, Texas Rangers up 2-0 on the defending World Series champion Houston Astros and Phillies up 1-0 and potentially 2-0 tonight. So when we did our 120 bracket picks, Ben had the Rangers to win the AL. I had the Astros and Phillies. So my picks are both live. You had the Dodgers. So those are no longer with us. But yeah. the Astros are still alive. The Rangers are still alive. And the Phillies are still alive. So we made some good picks. But I'm fully rooting for, as I said when I made that bracket, I didn't even really do it by skill. I did it by who I was most excited for. And my God, I didn't realize how much of a team of destiny the Philadelphia Phillies would become. I want to start there. Even last night, the game one, first pitch of the game. The scorebook hadn't even loaded in. Kyle Schwarber, goodbye. Red October. That's all I want to talk about. I wish we could start a whole Phillies podcast. I mean, to be a Phillies fan right now has to be so cool. They poked the bear. They got what they wanted. The Braves won one game in what felt like a way closer series. And the Phillies are already cruising through the start of the NLCS in a 1-0. I mean, Nick Castellanos, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, all former Cubs or Cubs adjacent Cubs respect guys. Why would you not want to see this team win the world series? And if they do lose, I hope it's Texas Ben's team because there are a bunch of likable guys too, but my God, they are awesome. Yeah. I fully agree with you. I I obviously would like to see Texas win the world series, but if Philly wins it, I have no problem with that at all because as you said, very likable team and who would have ever thought because they're a Philly 
related sports team and you know their fans are the biggest d-bags in the world obviously i think we've uh kind of switched on that after hey now hey yeah you know they've they've won us back after we had a little run through with braves twitter um just check out my tweets you you guys can see how i feel about them we're still going uh, yeah man philly is just awesome and as you said they they are a team it, it feels like they're a team of destiny and I don't know if you said this now or if we talked about it previously. They they really did Atlanta really did poke the bear with Bryce Harper. And it's just he is he obviously has not reached the mountaintop yet. He got very close last year in winning World Series, but here he is again. And I, I just think it's so cool that and and I guess we could tie this into a Cubs related thing about how I just think it's so cool how Bryce just cares so much about that city. Yep. I mean, seeing his post-game interviews, obviously reporters ask him about the game and everything like that, but I swear every single night he's just praising Philadelphia and the city. And he always talks about how they're just a, a great blue collared city that works for everything that they, that they want and to achieve their dreams. And he always relates it back to the Phillies, the team that they are, they are, a blue collar team, even though they've spent a lot of money and, uh, but it doesn't matter because they've been counted out so many times now going all the way back to last September. And, you know, here we are again, they were a wild card team, a little, obviously not the lowest record in the wild card, like they were last year, but, um, still just, and, and I think me and you saw this coming too, because I also had the Phillies being the Braves and going to the ALCS. I wish I also put the Phillies in the world series, but they're just a fun team. They're they're really just fundamentally great baseball team that I think truly feeds off of that that crowd, and mm. it just makes me jealous. I want that I want that feeling back because that's exactly what the feeling was like from 2015 to 2017. I feel like Philly has that same that Chicago type energy. Hearing Bryce talk about the city, hearing them talk about how much the support they get from the fans and how and the blue collar nature. I mean, the Cubs have always been um, kind of simulated to the Red Sox, I guess, in that degree. But the Phillies are I also have that same energy that I, I believe we do. And man, like you pointed out, Ben, I said that same thing to my dad this week. I It makes me miss it so bad because that could easily be the Cubs. I mean, it's a lot of guys who very well could be Cubs. I'm not going to sit here, you know, old man yells at nothing and just, and, you know, start making all this, that, and the other thing, make it about me or the Cubs. But there's a lot of guys in the team who at one point were Cubs and had to walk or were let walk. And then there's a lot of guys who they were they thought the Cubs would be in on for for monetarily and and Trey Turner and Bryce Harper and especially Trey I don't really care he had a terrible regular season and frankly is really heating up now which is great I'm happy for Trey I like him but I, it's still to this day seeing how much he's committed to Philly seeing how much he's committed to still being so great in October and rushing back from injury and seeing how awesome he is it still pains me that hashtag Harper to the Cubs 2019 didn't do enough on Twitter for Bryce to be wearing blue pinstripes. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I just like, it sucks obviously when it didn't happen, but I just, at this point, like as much as Bryce Harper was great with um, the nationals, he he's like a Philly for life. Oh, he's a Philly for life. It's just so cool to watch and see happen. The, The other thing that I think is so cool about Bryce too, and obviously it feels like we're glazing him, but who really cares? We are. Um, I just think it's so cool how like the entire all of America's perspective perspective on him has changed when yep. he came up into the majors. 
I think everyone was excited for him. All eyes have been on this kid since he was 13 years old. Everyone, he's like, he's kind of like what Connor Bedard right now is for the Blackhawks, of course. Um, but all eyes were on him. And he kind of, you know, kind of got into a little bit of scuffles. He what I I think he was like, he was probably one of the most hated players in his in his days with Washington, just because he kind of seemed like an asshole kid. And I don't think that mentality has necessarily gone away, but now it's the fact that he's like this big chiseled vet that just hits bombs in the postseason and has his city's back no matter what. Like it is just so cool to see, even if he's playing for the Phillies, which is a team that majority of America hates. Like it is just so cool to see that this guy, he's just got he's just got that swagger. He's a big chiseled vet. He's just he's just a he's just a beast. And even I like when, when, you know, remember back in 2016 when we were playing Bryce Harper and he got off to that insane stretch. Mm-hmm. And I think the Cubs walked him like 13 times in that series because they just didn't want to pitch to him. Even then, I was like, this guy just makes me so angry because I know every time he comes oh, to yeah. the plate, he's going to hit a bomb. But now it's like, you know what? I, I, I love him. He's just so fun to watch and so fun to root for as well. Temper becomes, you know, passion determined. Oh, wow. Look at that guy. When he gets that maturity and that veteran status and they start fucking winning and i apologize because ben's usually the one that drops the f-bombs on the show but i mean that's the biggest key what do they do in washington he won the home run derby over kyle schwarber no they never like they never which is kind of a funny connection by the way but they never went past a single round and then the year after he leaves you know how infuriated i would be if i was like the chosen one for a franchise in Washington, and then the year after I leave, all of a sudden, the monkey's off the back and they go win the World Series. He's got to be – every time he goes into a playoff game, I guarantee you, that's got to be on his mind a little bit like, hey, this is my chance. And he got so close last year, and he plays with such energy in the postseason. It's it's awesome. I love it. And that also, I think, builds off like a couple of really not – like really mediocre – couple of years and his first years in Philadelphia where it was just like they had this team in place that was young and we thought like because that offseason that they got Harper they also spent the big bucks on Jake Arrieta and it was Mm -hmm. like okay maybe this Phillies team is something to keep your eye on and it was more because they developed these prospects and you know everything was kind of starting to come to fruition with Bryce Harper being that main anchor but that didn't work out for so many years. And really the only guys that have kind of stuck around since then has been like Nola and Hoskins, who's obviously dealing with the AL, AL, ACL injury and Harper. So, you know what the, you know what the uh, Phillies did to say, you know what, this rebuild or retool with these young guys didn't work. They, they just said, fuck it. We'll put all the money on the table, get these big bats like Turner and Castellanos and Schwarber, like you mentioned, go get it incredible starting pitcher in Zach Wheeler, who they're paying under hundred million for and is easily a top 10 pitcher in the game. If you just take postseason into play, because the last two years, he's been just incredible in the playoffs. It's just so cool to see because I, I think teams get mad or fan bases get mad when teams use money to fix their problems because it doesn't work. It doesn't work all the time. Look at the Padres and Mets this year, but this Phillies team, they, all their guys got the big bucks, but they still show up every single day ready to play and kick the shit out of their opponents. Got to be a team. Can't let egos be a, a factor, and you got to play good baseball. The Diamondbacks, on the other flip side of that, are what the Cubs could have been in the in the yeah. truest sense. They lost their first game of the postseason last night. I'm not rooting for them this series. I'm rooting for the Phillies, but they just rolled the, the Brewers, 
and the Dodgers. I don't think the Cubs would have rolled the Dodgers the way they did, but the way Kershaw and uh, Bobby Miller and um, Lance Lynn is that I think that was all three. The way they pitched, yeah, uh, felt like Ben there just naming all those off the dome. But no, the way that they pitched was uh, just abysmal. And the I think didn't Kershaw and Lynn both only go like an inning or something like that, or or they Lynn got, only went like an inning. Kershaw let up like seven runs. They got four and a third out of their starting pitching in the uh, <clears throat> excuse me in the NLDS. Yeah, yeah. This is this is why you know me and Mikey were probably, as you said it earlier, old man screaming at a cloud, saying, "Just throw your name in the hat <laughs> and see if something happens." That is exactly what why like I wish we were in Arizona's position because I'm not saying that we would have swept the Brewers and gone on to swept the Dodgers, but all you need to do is get your name in the postseason ring, and anything can happen. You have two wild card teams right now in the National League Championship Series. There's going to be at least one wild card. There's only one team that with a bye that has a chance of even making it to World Series, and they're down two nothing right now. So that's why I I just I, I preached it for weeks and weeks and weeks. It didn't matter at the end of the day if you got a pennant or a bye to go along with your playoff aspirations. Because at the end of the day, once you throw your name into that ring, anything could happen. That's just playoff baseball. Braves had like just I would think just under maybe just about 200 wins over the last two seasons, two divisional titles. And uh, the team in their own division is about to go win the NL over them two years in a row. So it, yeah. it really, it really is. I don't mean to jinx the Phillies, but it really is crazy how how baseball, more than any other sport, can be anyone's game. Once you stamp your ticket, once you get to the dance, you could be the last one there. Let's talk about the AL briefly before we wrap this yeah. up. Obviously, a Cubs podcast. We want to stick mostly with the NL, but you are a, a Rangers AL fan. You've been so you're for the last couple of years. You told me, and uh, we went to a Cubs Rangers game together the night before Easter, all the way back in April when we were young men. Uh, before we were chiseled vets like Bryce Harper at this podcasting game, I, I we went to a Rangers and Cubs game. The Astros, though, down 0-2, a team that's won the AL pennant, I, is it four times now since 17? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, seven, seven straight ALCSs, so wow. just in, incredible stuff out of them. Are the Texas Rangers the ones to finally kind of stop this, this Astros train after the last couple of years? Texas is really interesting, man, because – you know, I don't think vibes could have been lower going into the postseason. You know, they blew that massive ALS lead that they had. And granted, I know injuries happen to the starting pitching. You know, you got your your big gun and Max Scherzer, and he only made a couple starts. He's pitching tomorrow, though, so or tonight once this episode releases. Nathan Avaldi, who was probably the leading horse for AL Cy Young, uh, went down in July. So it's just kind of crazy how once 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 the playoffs turn anything could happen and i think the reason why texas is just as much as you know they do have a lot of vets like seager and scherzer and Avaldi who have had postseason success there are a lot of young guys there too evan carter kid came up in august 21 year old kid didn't turn 21 until september is just having the postseason of a lifetime right now he just won't stop getting on base. He's the top Rangers prospects, top 10 prospect in baseball. But still, I, obviously, we saw with PCA, it's hard to make adjustments coming into the major leagues after spending so many years in the minors. It, this team, I, I think the biggest reason why they are just, they turn the page in October and are able to dominate and have yet to lose a postseason game is really the man at, up, man at the top, and that's Bruce Bochy. I mean, he's done this so many times now. He's brought the Padres to a world series. 
He's brought the Giants to three World Series, and he's two games away from bringing the Rangers to the World Series. So it, it just it just continues to be it it it's exciting to see this team because once again they're another team kind of like the Phillies where uh, a failed rebuild I, I guess you could say after the Elvis Andrews and Adrian Beltre years and Nelson Cruz and you know they kind of put their money where their mouth was and they got those two big middle infielders in 2021 I want to say when they got Seager and Semyon. And, you know, they had a nice foundation around them with Nathaniel Lau and Odolis Garcia and traded for Jonah Heim. And, man, things are just going great out there in Texas. And it, they've only played one home game so far, but that that crowd in Texas was pretty sick in that in that barn. Scherzer to start Wednesday night. Mad yeah. Max. Two eyeballs, two different colors. And he's been there before in a couple different teams. He has a ring with that non-Bryce Harper Nationals team. He did it for a couple of years ago. With the, he went uh, kind of far in the playoffs a couple of years ago with the Dodgers. Um, and he is just a, a guy that you want to see on the hill. Obviously, came back from injury. Wasn't doing amazing previously the injury after the trade deadline. But that's definitely someone you think could be a series changer, both for a, a 2-0 lead in the ALCS and then potentially the World Series. And the, the crazy part about Texas is, too, is – when when they were going into postseason, all anyone was worried about was starting pitching was starting to struggle really badly, and that bullpen was just depleted, beaten up, bad. Bochi has a really good game plan on how to use his relievers right now when he's going to Spores and Chapman and LeClerc, and I'm pretty sure they have an ERA under two this postseason. So the bullpens showed up, and I know it probably gave Texas Rangers fans a little bit of a scare yesterday when – uh. Chapman almost, uh, I think Chapman loaded the bases with nobody out and they got out. Or no, excuse me, that was a ball deep. But still, Chapman got in a little bit of trouble and they were, they managed to get out of it and get the win. So down there, yeah, it's um, it's 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 an exciting team to watch and it's one of those teams that you look at even though they're on the AL side where it's like, man, I just I wish I could have it. And I think that's I think that's where you look at this off season where it's like, this is the off season where you have the arsenal to potentially make trades and you have the money to go sign free agents. So go get it done because you could potentially be in the same position that the Phillies and Rangers are in this year with the Cubs. Thanks for listening to Michael Carrico on this edition of 120. Friday, new episode of the Crosstown Trivia. Monday, another episode. Wednesday, another big interview with Brett Bateman, also of the Arizona Fall League and recently of the Chicago Cubs minor league system. And then I'm not going to release it yet who it is because in two weeks we'll have potentially the biggest interview yet for uh, the 120 pod. Not a knock on, on Mike or Brett by any means, but it's a voice that you will recognize and it's not myself or Ben. And we'll be back in two weeks then with that interview. So thank you for listening. Go Cubs.